moment to the extended cousins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm not sure how many of you know me. Um, Pat and I, well, Pat, my husband, runs the college. I'm very much part of the college team and I uh, love seeing, I think, 80% of the, the band here this morning were part of the college, so that is fantastic. You know, we're going to um, be speaking this morning on the call of God. And that's a particular passion that I have is to speak on that. But before I dive into my preach, I just, um, as Joe was praying this morning, I turned around and I, I, I caught this couple way at the back. Can you wave to me? Okay. Oh, that's better. That's better. That's better. Now we are a bit loud, so if we could turn that down a bit. Beautiful. Why don't we just pray? Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for your beautiful presence. Thank you for church. I thank you that we're family, and sometimes family gets messy, and <laughs> things don't always go how we want them to go. But Lord, I thank you for your presence here right now. Thank you for the beautiful presence of God. Let me just tell you what I saw as Joe prayed for you this morning. I see that some stuff's happening in your world. I feel like there's some stuff happening externally and internally. But I saw the hand of the Lord was, was hovering over your family and over your hearts. And I heard the words say, activate the hand of the Lord this morning. Activate it. Activate it by faith. And I believe the hand of the Lord will work both on the external things that are happening and on something that you're carrying in your heart at the moment. The hand of the Lord is upon your family. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Still a bit, a bit loud up here. We can... Uh... So the call of God. You know, today I want us to look at, well, what is the call of God? But mostly my heart as, as a pastor, as a teacher of the word, and also I'm a life coach. That's I've got my own business. So I'm motivated in that way to help people to actually discover their own personal call. And so my heart today is as I share the word that you'll be able to earth what I say to you and your personal call. Because if you don't know what your personal calling is, then you're not going to live it out. And at the end of the day, you want to get to heaven and go, I lived. I actually fulfilled the call of God. So I would encourage you to write notes today because um, what I share today, you can, um, I would recommend you go home and, and actually ponder and apply some of the things that I share with you today to your own life. But that takes a, bit, a little bit of reflection. So let's begin with the scripture. This one is Romans eleven twenty nine. Let me just, yes, the PowerPoint's working. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Now, this is the third preach in a series that we've been doing on the purpose. Who can tell me what was spoken on last week? Anyone know? The gifts. And today is the call. 
And they are all very interchangeable. The purpose and the call are very similar. Your purpose really is your calling. And the gifts go hand in hand with, the, with your call. Now, do we have any tradespeople in the house today? Any tradies? Fantastic. What's your trade? Bicycles. Wonderful. You know, when we look at the call and the gifts, to me it's looking at, well, what is your trade and what are the tools of your trade? The gifts go with the call just like the tools go with the trade. Now, I, what's your name? Francois. Bicycles. Now, I'm not exactly sure what tools you're going to use, but I have got a bike and I do ride it, but I'm not very good with my, my mechanical engineering on it. But what, a spanner and some, a pump, those sort of... A hammer. <laughs> okay, you've got certain hammers to help with your bicycle. Let's have a look at a different type of trade, such as a hairdresser. They've got scissors, they've got the shampoo, they've got the basins. Um, then if, imagine if we swapped tools, that the hairdresser took Francois' tools and tried to do the same trade. It's not going to work. And so we have to know what our trade is and then what our tools for the trade are. And that is really looking at, well, what are our gifts? And what is our calling? Because the two go hand in hand. And if you can identify your gifts, then you'll be um, pretty well along the way of identifying your call. Let's have a look at this same scripture, but in the NLT. It says this, For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. The gifts and the call that are in you have been placed there by God. They are irrevocable. God is not going to take them away. He is not going to withdraw them. You know, I've known people who are um, no longer saved but are still operating in their gifts, which actually freaks me out a bit and actually makes me a bit angry. However, the gifts and the call are irrevocable. God does not take what he has sovereignly put in you away. However, the gifts and the call can be lying dormant or latent in your life. And we have to activate these gifts. Let's just look at this passage one more time in the, in the message version. God's gift and God's call are under full warranty, never cancelled, never rescinded. Kenneth Hagin says this, God won't change his mind about what he's called you to do. If God has called you, that calling is still there, whether or not you have obeyed it. That's the crucial bit. And if God gave you a gift... If he gifted you along a certain line, that gift is still there. The gifts and the call are given by God and they're in you. Just say that with me. They're in me. Now we have to ask the question then, if God has put them in me, when did he do that? When did he put them in? So let's have a look at this scripture from uh, Isaiah 49. And this is talking about the prophet Isaiah. And he said, the prophet actually declares these words. Before I was born, the Lord called me. I just want to pause there for a moment. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. And so this passage answers the question, when did God call me and put the gifts in me. He did it before you were even born. 
He did it before you were even in your mother's womb. He put the calling in you, and whenever you are called, he also puts the gifts in you to fit the calling. And so I see the call of God in people like a seed. It's not always fully grown and fully developed. I believe the seed is put in you from whence before you were even born. But the seed needs to germinate and the seed needs to act, be activated and the seed needs to grow. And it's actually our choice for that to happen. I believe when we're saved, it's very much that's when it starts to fully start to germinate. But we do need to walk into the fullness of our call. It isn't just a, a given that the calling that God has put in our life will just suddenly be activated or suddenly happen. We have to actually make it happen. You know, I believe this whole question of what is my calling? I'm just going to do a quick survey here. Who's ever asked God that? What is my calling? Just look around just to validate. This is a common question. Oh, Lord, what is my calling? What is my purpose? You know, as a life coach, that's probably one of the biggest things I do. I help people find their calling. What's my calling? Because everything you do will, will come out of that. And I remember years and years ago, I probably was in my 20s. It was before Pat and I, we planted a church uh, in the Philippines. It was before that. It was before I had children. And I remember asking God so clearly that question, God, what is my calling? And he said these words very clearly. I still remember I was on my bed. And he answered the call of my heart, what is my calling? But he didn't answer it how I wanted him to answer it. <laughs> it wasn't like, you are this and you are that and you will go and do this. He said, your calling, Amanda, is to do what I have asked you to do right now. What is in your hand right now, that is the call of God. And I believe sometimes we're too busy waiting for, oh, what's the call? It's over here. It's, it's here. It's, it's somewhere different. But it's actually right in you right now. If you're following God and serving him, well, you're doing the call of God. And he said to me, if you just keep doing what I've asked you to do here and now, the call of God, the continuous call of God will outwork in your life. And since then, Pat and I have done numerous adventures, not with our compass, but we have done numerous, well, Pat has done a few compass things, but, and, and the call of God can outwork. I don't believe the call of God is just one specific thing in most people. It is an outworking of things in your life. Let's have a look at one more scripture here. Jeremiah 1, 5 and verse 9. Once again, another prophet. And he declares this about himself. Before I formed you, oh, sorry, let me get this right. God is declaring this to him. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. You know, I want to just really highlight here that the call of God is that you have been set apart for something. He has set you apart for a divine purpose, for a job. And he doesn't just set you apart, he appoints you. So he sets you apart and then he lays his hand on you and appoints and anoints you and empowers you to do the job that he has set you apart for. And for the prophet, it was that he would prophesy. And so 
the appointing and the anointing for Jeremiah was in his mouth. But I believe here all of you will have an anointing in different ways depending on what your um, sovereign appointment is. So that your calling is about being chosen and commissioned to do a job. To do a job. That actually is what the calling is, is to do a job for God. That's probably the the quickest and shortest definition I, I could give you for calling. It's the job you have to do for God. And sometimes that job, oh, excuse me. If it's not the mic, it's my voice. Here we go. Um, the calling is about being divinely appointed to do a divine, to be a divine assignment and given divine, thank you so much, divine authority to do it. Thank you, Tiffany. Okay, I've got a longer definition of calling, if we could get that up. It's this, a unique and divine assignment or assignments given to you by God for his purposes. And I have seen in my own life and I've seen in people I pastor and I know in God that our calling can be expressed here in the church, but it can very much be also expressed out in the community, out in our workplace. I think it's wrong to think your calling is just for the church or within the confines of this church. I believe you need to identify your God-given call for what God, what job has God given asked me to do within the church. Everybody has a job in the church to do because we're a body and we're all called to build the body. But I also know that God sovereignly places people in the community, in their workplace, in their neighbourhoods, in, in, in whatever sphere you're in because God has got a call for you to do out in that sphere of influence as well. And let's have a look at this quote from Vincent van Gogh. He says this, Your profession is not what brings home your paycheck. Your profession is what you were put on earth to do with such passion and such intensity that it becomes spiritual in calling. You know, as a, I'm a bit of a careers coach as well and I love the word vocation because your job is not just a job. You can actually see your job as a vocation. And the word vocation actually means a, a calling, a career with a calling. And I love that, that God can set aside your work and that that is part of your calling. You know, up up till now, we've looked at the equation call plus gifts. But I want to add to this equation this morning with this, this word, call plus gifts plus work. So sometimes we can think the calling is something ethereal, but it's actually earthed and outworked in practical works in your life. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, these good works can be a whole range of things. People here were doing good works this morning by coming early and worshipping. There's good works being taking place right now in the kids' area, people serving there. There's good works that you can do in your job, in your career, in your neighbourhood by, you know, saying hello to your, your neighbour, etc. Good works can look at all different things. About two years ago, I 
I sought my heavenly father and I asked him a question. I, I sat down in my, one of my God spots, which is my beanbag on my front deck, and I said, I focused my request to my heavenly father. And I said to my heavenly father, I want you to tell me something about you and me. My dad in heaven, tell me something about you, my, me as your daughter. And immediately he showed me a picture of the day I was born and I was in the hospital room and my mum my had me by cesarean section. And I saw my mum, she was out cold um, because she was under anaesthetic. And I saw a man in that hospital room and I knew it was my heavenly father and that he had come down to meet me on the day I had been born. And I was in his arms as a baby. I didn't see his face, but I saw a picture of my heavenly father. And he named me. I saw him name me. He said, I name you today Amanda. And then the next picture I saw was a picture in heaven of my heavenly father when he, in heaven, and he had a calendar of my life. And it was one of those calendars that you might put on your fridge door or, and you know, the ones with the, the month, and it's, <laughs> you've got the whole year ahead. Well, I saw that for my whole life. And on this calendar was a whole lot of red dots. And the Lord said to me, well, he, he made me look at on the 2nd of September, 1964, there was a red dot. And he said, I had an appointment to come and meet you the day you were born. And then I had a, a sense that there was a red dot on the day that I was to die. Now, I didn't see the red, I didn't, I can't tell you the date. I actually don't want to know the date. <laughs> but I just knew there was a red dot on the day that I was to die. And then I got a picture of my heavenly father, just as he was carrying me as a little baby. He was carrying me as a big old woman. <laughs> and he was taking me home. But the key to this story is what I saw in between. But I do want to just say that is a beautiful, that if, if that's all you're here today, that your heavenly father knows the day you're born and the day you'll die, that's beautiful. But in between, there was a whole lot of red dots on my calendar. I literally saw it go, whoop, 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 and I saw red dots, red dots. And the Lord said to me this verse. He said, these are the good works I have prepared in your life in advance for you to do. And I want to tell you today that all of you have got red dot days in your calendar. And that the call of God actually is outworked and expressed in very practical and specific ways in your life. It's when you do things. Like I believe today that this is a red dot day that he knew that I was going to come and preach in C3 Roselle. We've got red dot days where we might meet somebody of significance that is part of the call of God for your life. I want to look today at the example of Jesus. And we're going to get a bit practical for a moment and ask the question, did Jesus know his calling? And we can answer that with a, a big yes. He knew his calling. And I see that he had three parts to his calling. The first one was that he would come and die for us. And he did that. The second one was that he would raise up 12 disciples that would then go and build the church. He did that. The third part of his calling was in the three years that he ministered was to walk around the streets and the homes and to minister to the people. Now with this part of this calling, he was, Jesus was able to stand and proclaim very boldly what he was called to do. 
And I believe that we need to be able to have the same confidence to know what, what the call of God is in our life. Now let's have a look at this, what Jesus was able to stand and declare. He said this about his own calling, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So Jesus was able to declare this part of his calling quite boldly and confidently. Now I'm going to unpackage this verse to help us to see how we can apply this to our own life. The first part of, there's four parts to identifying our calling, and this is the bit I would really encourage you to write down. The first part to identify your calling is, number one, your passion. Your passion. Your passion is what excites you, what motivates you, what stirs you, what inspires you, what gets you up in the morning and satisfies you and brings like a sense, I call it when my well wells, when I get a ha ah, smile on the inside, when you finish the day and you go, oh, that was a good day. Who knows that feeling? That's your passion at work. And it's linked with your purpose. It, it gives you a sense of, yeah, I made a difference today. That really stirred me. Well, what was Jesus' prime passion? Let's have a look. In this verse, it's highlighted in yellow. To proclaim liberty and to set at liberty. His passion, his prime passion was freedom. He did everything when he ministered one-on-one -on -one to bring freedom to the broken and the bound. That was his passion. So let me ask you today, if you're trying to answer that question, what is my calling? Just simply ask, what is my passion? What is my passion? What's the thing that really excites me? The second part of this is that your passion outworks with people. Now, I want to ask you, who do you connect with? Who do you most get drawn to? Who has God placed you with? It could be geographically, like who are your neighbours? It could be in your workplace, who has God? Or it could be a, a heart connection with different types of people. It could be kids, it could be the unemployed, it could be business people. Who has God sovereignly placed in my heart? So who was the who for Jesus? Let's have a look at this verse again. This is the who, and they're in pink. He had a passion to bring freedom to the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the blind, and the oppressed. Who is your who? If you know who your who is, then that's part of your calling. The third part is this, your position. Your position. And your position might be a specific role. Like I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, that's a position. And that's part of what I'm called to do. Um, you're a Mr. Fix-It man. You like to do hands-on things. That's part of your calling. The people that are doing kids' church, they're, they're, that's their position. They're doing kids' church. So it could be a role, but it could also be a doing word or a verb. So what, what is it that you like to do? Are you with me today? <laughs> is this practical? What is it that you like to put your hands to, your head to, your feet to? It could be you like to organize, you like to encourage, you like to serve, you like to 
do the computer up the back. You like to teach. You like to motivate. Whatever you like to do is a sovereign part of how God has divinely called you. Now let's go back and have a look at this one with Jesus. So with this passage, we look at the verbs. We look at the doing words. So this is what Jesus was called to do. He was called to preach, to heal, to proclaim, um, to recover sight and to set at liberty. They're the things that Jesus was sovereignly called to do. The last part of this equation is that God has got sovereign places for you to outwork your call. And your place for Jesus for this part of his calling was just simply the streets. He just walked and he healed people. He went to people's homes. He went to the synagogue and he taught and he healed in the synagogue. But God has got sovereign places where we outwork our calling. And it's great if you can identify, well, what are my sovereign places? And so with the call of God, it can be quite specific. And it's really um, helpful for your own life to actually identify what the Spirit of the Lord has anointed you to do. You know, sometimes I get people, because I teach, I get my students to actually answer this question. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me and then dot, dot, dot. Answer that question yourself. You know, in my own life, it's to teach and it's to, to, to coach and to write and, and it's all with the purpose of um, helping people to fulfill the call of God for their life. But that's not yours. We've all got different ones. But it's fantastic if you can walk through this journey of being able to identify your own God-given calling. Let me just share also that your calling um, develops and unfolds and might have different expressions throughout the course of your life. I'm just going to finish by sharing an example in Pat and I's life to help kind of earth this or, and to give an example. One of our passions is, to, is church planting in other countries. Now, that started with a passion for another culture. It didn't start with church planting. It started as a small seed. And it's, this started when we were, we were early married in our 20s. I think I was 23 and Pat was 24. And he fell in love with the nation of Cambodia. And he just started to read all this stuff about Cambodia. And the Lord sort of put it on him quite a burden for this country. And so that's where it started. Sometimes the call just starts with the seed and you have to kind of go down that, that, that path and see where it leads and where it grows. And so we started to go to Cambodia just, as, as, um, just for two weeks. We started to learn the language, which is really hard. Um, and we were so naive and so young, but we turned up to Cambodia and we'd written the leadership thing and we actually taught the Cambodian um, pastors who there was only 10 of them at this time in the 1980s. But the call of God for other nations in us started right there with Cambodia. And we thought the Lord was going to send us to Cambodia to plant a church, but he closed that door 
and did a kind of a shimmy shimmy. Who knows how God does shimmy shimmies? And sent us over here to the Philippines. And so for two years, we planted a church in the Philippines. Then we came back from the Philippines and Pastor Phil asked us to oversee Asia for the movement. And I think it was about five or six churches at that time. And so we took hold of that. And then over a number of years, we handed Asia on and then we were given Africa as, as a move, as, um, to, to oversee as part of the movement. Now, that happened 15 years ago. We now have 120 churches in Africa. Did you know that, brothers and sisters? We have 120 C3 churches in Africa. It all started for us with one country of Cambodia. If we had not obeyed the call to Cambodia, then I don't think we would be doing today what we're doing in Africa with 120 churches. And can we just close our eyes because I just feel the Lord wants to say just a couple of things to some people today. I felt the Lord say there's calls within calls. The Lord actually will call you. He will speak to you and ask you if you are prepared to do something. And you have to be willing to say yes. If we had said no to Cambodia, then other things wouldn't have outworked in our life. If, just imagine if Jesus had said no to some of his calls. I believe there's some people here today that the Lord has called them. He's asked you. But you have to be willing to say yes. There's a cost to the call. Sometimes that's time, that's money. That's, there's a stretch to the call. But there's great fruitfulness. And there's kingdom growth on the other side of that call. So if that's you today, if you feel that God is calling you to do something and you need to say yes to that thing that he's asking you, just raise your hand just to acknowledge that, that God's doing something in your life. Beautiful. Okay, quite a few hands are going up. At the end of this service, I would love you to come out and I'd love to agree with you in prayer for those things that God is sovereignly calling you to do. But church, you know what? The most ultimate call is the call to know Jesus. It's to ask him into your life and to live forever with him. That's our highest calling. It's not about what he wants us to do. Our highest calling is that we walk with him and know him. And that call is actually an invitation to ask him into your heart. And if you have not done that yet, then you can do that today. And I would be honoured to pray with you today for you to invite Jesus into your heart. So if that is you today, if you can just raise your hand and acknowledge that today you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart. If you just raise your hand. If there's anyone here, today is your day to ask Jesus into your life, to heed the call to salvation.
church, let's just stand up and we'll just um, we'll just pray before we close. The call of God is a beautiful thing. Say this with me. I'm called. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has empowered me to fulfill my call. Father in heaven, I thank you. Let's just lift our hands today. Let's just uh, symbolically hold up to God what he has given to you to fulfill for his good purpose. Perhaps some of you are here today need to see your workplace as a calling place a place where God has sovereignly placed you to be his divine representative. Lord God, I thank you this day that you'll pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us to fulfill the call of God that you have put in us. In Jesus' name, amen.